You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Monday afternoon. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're going to be chatting with amateur wildlife and macro photographer Marco Chan about spiders that are found native to Hong Kong. And Marco is an aspiring ecology student now studying at the University of Hong Kong. And I'm really delighted that he's joined us live right now this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Marco. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good afternoon, Noreen. Uh, it's, 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 it's really exciting to be part of this interview and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I've watched uh, your presentation, I think, was it back in February with a Compass HK? And it was yeah. superb. Like, I learned, I learned a lot about <laughs> spiders, some of which I've forgotten, which I'm hoping we can revisit today and for our listeners sure. to join us as well. So we are live this afternoon, of course, on RTHK Radio 3. And uh, we're also live on Facebook this afternoon, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And if you are, hap- if you happen to be on Facebook, feel free to drop by there. So maybe let's start from the beginning. Where did your fascination uh, with spiders uh, begin, Marco? Um, I think I've always been fascinated with animals since I was a little kid. Uh, My parents bought me all of these David Attenborough uh, BBC documentaries. So I started watching like these natural stuff when I was a kid. But it was really during secondary school where I started to understand more of the local wildlife. Now, my secondary school has this nature trail at the back of the school and i've met i met a friend who's also interested in insects and during for for two years uh, we would like go together and then go to the, this place i call the back and we'd mm-hmm. go look for insects go look for spiders uh but that point was still a bit superficial and then later on in my secondary school was around like s5 or six then i started to meet more maybe university students or other people that are interested in local wildlife through in real life or through social media. And we're starting to look at more of the technical stuff. So maybe the a little bit of the ecology, some of the scientific names for each of the species. And that's when I started to kind of zoom in more than what I did back in S2 and S3. And I think it's particular for spiders in particular, I think it was last year, uh, so you know, in August you have that ghost festival thing. Oh yeah, and that's my right. Parents will be there. Yeah, my parents are like, okay, you're not going to go on more nocturnal hunts because uh, nocturnal trips because of that ghost festival. So I started to shift my focus back to uh, diurnal wildlife, and then it was that it was then I was like, oh okay, jumping spiders. Well, before I knew about them, but then when I actually take more time to look into them, they're really fascinating, and the diversity and some of the behaviors are really really interesting. So that's when my interest in spiders picked up way more than I did back before. That's and so interesting. It's, it, and I've been using iNaturalist to kind of look into other people's records and trying to learn about spider identification. I've also chatted with a friend of mine who's called Colin. Uh, he's one year older than me, but he is this walking encyclopedia. He knows a lot about spiders, about their anatomy, a little bit about... Uh, t- uh, he's, he's looking into taxonomy as well. So he's very knowledgeable and I chat him chat with him a lot and I learned from him learned from him from these past few months and it's been really exciting to get to look into spiders in a more in depth view that I've done before. Yeah, because your IG is full of amazing, amazing photographs. For our listeners um, who want to also follow Marco on Instagram, uh, that bee guy, you'll be able to find him. And some fantastic photos of insects found around in Hong Kong, uh, really close up as well. And I have to say, yeah. there are a few insects that look quite handsome, like close up the yeah, eyes. They do. It's, it's an interesting yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They look quite kind of like yeah, good yeah. looking. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, what... 
what special macro photography is that it helps not just me but other people just get into this very new perspective because we usually don't see maybe the compound lines of an insect or maybe just the hairs on a spider we don't usually see that we just see the shape and we'll, we'll recognize it's an insect or a spider but getting this close-up view really just opens up a different world and when you zoom in on some of these organisms uh just for example i've seen a wasp that's about like three millimeters long and when you zoom in on that you can see the textures and the antenna and it's really like it's the, it's the it's the next thing to to going going to an alien planet so, so that's, that's my analogy for macro photography absolutely yeah you're right it is like an alien planet you see the furriness of them they, they no longer look like bony insects they almost look like mammals uh, yeah. it's kind of an interesting yeah. way to, to look at it um so you mentioned just now iNaturalist for some of our listeners who don't know what that is w what is that because there's so many different types of things out there to help us classify insects um what's mm -hmm. that so iNaturalist is this uh, app, app you can download it on, download it on uh, Apple or Android. And uh, it is this uh, platform for citizen scientists. So those who are not professional scientists enrolled in universities or institutes. And you can upload your observations to this application and kind of have a record of your findings if you're going on a hike or even if you, or no matter if you're just a normal hiker or like a dedicated wildlife photographer like myself, you can also upload your records and you can have people actually help you identify different organisms. For example, if you see a beetle you don't understand, you don't know, you don't know about, you can upload your photo there. And not just Hong Kong, you can have experts across the world to help you identify your findings. And what's good about iNaturalist is not just the identification, but also your records and findings actually sometimes even help contribute to professional scientific research. So I know this professor called uh, Dr. Roger Kendrick. Uh, he was a moth expert in Hong Kong. And I believe his PhD was doing something about moth identification in Hong Kong and their ecology. And he actually used this iNaturalist application to record some of the data and describe some of the data in his paper. So uh, when people say that, oh, I'm not a professional scientist, I, I can't really help with like some big scientific research using this app actually helps you participate in the scientific activities and i think it is very quite easy to use i think many people can can get into this everybody uh, has a smartphone yeah exactly uh, yeah 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 it's really accessible really convenient to use and i think uh it's not just beneficial to scientific research as a whole but also beneficial to us learning about nature as well Absolutely. I've been using Bug City here locally in Hong Kong. I'm sure mm -hmm. um, I'm sure our listeners uh, on Facebook will, will know that in Hong Kong there's Bug City um, too, mm -hmm. and people often upload it. Um, uh, Paul on the Facebook page says, that bee guy um, as their IG. I believe it's, is it uh, got underscore, is it uh, yeah, that, got... that underscore B underscore guy? Is yep. that right? Yep. Yes, that's right, Paul. Um, so do check out Marco's uh, Instagram. It is full of amazing, amazing uh, photos of insects. Um, okay, so let's talk about some spiders which are native to Hong Kong then, uh, mm -hmm. Marco. Uh, talk us through some of the ones that are most common that you've come across. Uh, so Hong Kong has more than 28 families of spiders, and I think there's around 300-something species now recorded. Uh, there's still some that are undescribed or even unrecorded in Hong Kong as well. Uh, the most common one, I would say, I think this one everyone's familiar with, is the golden orb weaver. Oh, yes. Uh, uh So it's, a, it's the largest spider in Hong Kong, and you can usually just find them along hiking trails. And it's very easy to distinguish. You've got the really big, really large 
yellowish or even sometimes black spider just hanging from a web. And the reason they're called golden gold weavers is that when you when the sunlight hits the silk, it actually reflects a, a bit of a yellowish or golden sheen to it. So that's how the name comes. And one more interesting thing about the species is that the males are actually about a hundred times smaller than the than the females, but they're red in color. Uh, so this is what we call sexual dimorphism, is where the male and the females exhibit different traits and look completely different. Uh, and sometimes, uh, the, even though the males are quite small, you will sometimes find maybe a couple of them on a female web, and that's easy for easier for them to make. I and, see. And then sometimes you also find a different species on that web as well that I learned, the thief, uh, yes. the thief spider. Yes. Yes, so Maybe that that's is in the genus Argyrodes. Okay. It's Argyrodes, or in com- commonly known as, as the dewdrop spider. Dewdrop spider. So it's in a different family than the orb weavers. They're, uh, they're, they're two different families. But yeah, but they usually just hang out on their webs and they would kind of s- steal their food. And what they do is actually they would cut out strands of silk from the web so that the female doesn't notice uh, the vibrations of the prey when they're struggling. And so when they kind of isolated their prey from the main web, and then they can start to eat their prey without any disturbance. Ah, okay. Um, are there, okay, you mentioned just now there are 28 families of species here in Hong Kong, over uh, over yep. 30 species. Is that quite a lot in terms of biodiversity here in Hong Kong? Yeah, actually, I would say that's quite a lot. Uh, but, I mean, Hong Kong, you think, is as a very small city mm. and as, as compared to some other cities, maybe like uh, in the UK. But, Hong Kong, as it's located in a subtropical region, this this very unique climate that Hong Kong has actually houses many different species, and not just spiders, but just biodiversity as a whole in Hong Kong is pretty amazing. I think, for example, in this year, in 2021, the City Nature Challenge, I think Hong Kong ranked second worldwide wow. in terms of species. Amazing. It's just, it, it, it was, uh, we're way below Cape Town, but it is the first in Asia in terms of species diversity and second in the world just just in the, in the span of a few days spiders actually take up a, a quite a big portion of that of that species count so it's not as little as people think uh but many spiders are quite hidden so people tend to think okay so maybe these few species are just the ones in hong kong but if you really take a deep look there's actually a lot more to see in hong kong yeah um which unfortunately they face some threats here in hong kong i mean what sorts of what are uh, some yeah. of the major threats that spiders uh here face uh so one of the main things is habitat loss because hong kong as you see with the land use problem you've got they've got to develop more and more of these uh these buildings for residential use and thus you have to cut away large expanses of vegetation and vegetation is what spiders rely on because they need sufficient amounts of prey so for example moths or insects you need that prey and when you when they lose that uh, reproduction ground and spiders don't get their prey spiders can't grow and they can't even reproduce and the numbers would decline Mm. uh that's the major like uh man-made threat uh it's not really too sh- it's, i from i in my understanding uh, uh only i don't know what would be the impact of climate change on spiders but i would guess that that will have an impact on them as well 
Absolutely. But yeah, you're right. Habitat loss. And when we continue to develop land for other uses, it just mm-hmm. takes away from their land, uh, from, from where they live, but also mm-hmm. the, the land of their food as well, because that's where they're, yeah. they're well, like you said, the, the moths and everything. Um, I think one mm-hmm. thing that comes to mind when people think of spiders is that they are poisonous. Are all spiders poisonous? Mm-hmm. Are, are they poisonous? Are, are, do you find poisonous ones here in Hong Kong? Uh, so... So first of all, I would like to like correct like a misconception between poisonous and venomous because some people, well, they do involve toxin. Yes. But then some people have this misconception. So like, uh, they would say spiders are poisonous and snakes are poisonous. That's not really the case. Well, some snakes are poisonous, but spiders generally are more venomous. Okay. Now, what will be the difference between venom and poison? Now, poison is usually used for self-defense. So for example, if you see uh, the poison on the toad, they use it for self-defense and we will classify a toad as poisonous but for spiders they use their toxin for injecting their injecting into their prey and paralyzing them and that because of this predacious predation use we will we would classify them as uh, venomous, venomous. Ah. now uh, uh, going back to your first question are all spiders po- venomous uh, the majority yes but there is one family uh, called Euloboridae or the hackled weaver hackled orb weavers uh, they actually lack venom glands so they just bind to their prey and just just eat it so there's no venom to paralyze the prey and yes this family can be found in hong kong and even worldwide it's the only family that lacks a venom gland oh okay but, so most spiders when they eat their preys they always inject venom into their their prey to yeah. paralyze them okay yeah. oh i didn't know that uh, for all spiders but, well except for that one now, yeah, and some people might be worried, okay, if spiders have venom, should we be worried of if, the, if they will kill us or something? Um, now, people have heard cases about, uh, for example, the black widow, uh, now that would, that, or the redback spider in Australia. Now, yeah. those would kill. Those venoms are lethal. But in Hong Kong, I would say generally there's nothing to worry about. The, the worst case scenario of a spider bite is just a swollen area and a rash for a few days. Yeah. And that's about it. But generally, spiders don't really bite people. They only bite when you're provoking, uh, provoking or attacking them. them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they don't feel that sense of danger, they just they'll just leave you alone. Yeah. And have have had, you ever been I've, bitten by a spider before? I've had spiders on my hands, walking on my hands, and they generally don't bite. They just cruise along my hands without a problem. <laughs> Just cruising on the hands. Yeah, they just, they just don't care. They're, they're like, wait, what is this new terrain that I'm at? And they're such curious animals as well. And then I'll, I'll be like, oh, okay. I'll be like, they don't mind. They're just curious. Like, oh, wait, what's this very hairy landscape that I'm in? Um, out of curiosity, would you say spiders were quite intelligent, um, intelligent beings? They're not. They're not insects. What are, What are they called? A, a, Arachnids. Arachnids, yeah, that's it. Would you say they're Uh, quite intelligent species? um, Some species are really intelligent. So, for example, there's this jumping spider called a Porsche. So, Porsche, I think, is P-O-R-T-I-A. Oh, like the woman's name, Porsche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is actually the most intelligent spider in the world. And why is it called the most intelligent spider in the world? Because it actually devises tactics to catch its prey. So, so when so it hunts other spiders the, the spiders that hangs on the web now when they actually approach their prey they actually devise a plan and think that okay this is where i'm going to move this is the best way to to jump onto my prey and getting the best chance of success so they actually they plan out their attack which is 
something you don't really see in a spider well even for other jumping spiders in the family they just they will just see a prey and then they, they, they ambush it but they don't plan wow. so this is something that's very unique in portions and also what they do they because they attack these orb weavers so what they would do they actually they will mimic debris falling onto the web so they'll pluck strands of silk to generate vibrations and then the owner of the web will be like okay that's interesting what's that and they'll go in to investigate and then they get pounced. Wow. So it's something it is the it is the only genus that is known to exhibit this behavior and what's more fascinating is that Porsche is actually I think in some research it revealed that this genus is actually a more prehistoric and ancient genus in terms of spiders yeah. but you don't see jumping spiders like the more recent recently evolved jumping spiders exhibit that behavior so it's actually very very interesting. Uh but now not all spiders devise tactics to do that but I think they are aware of their surroundings so they know when people are there uh, when they're observing them or they're very aware of their surroundings so they've got intelligence but Porsche is at the peak in terms of spider intelligence oh wow well you might have answered my next question because this was just a fun one I thought I'd put in but you know mm-hmm. if I were to make a movie called Spider-Man and it's a different type of oh. Spider-Man movie so Spider-Man yeah. <laughs> actually turns into an actual spider to I don't know save yeah. the world or, or whatever which spider would you choose <laughs> and what abilities yeah well I suppose Porsche is which so smart spider? yeah I mean do you um, know any spiders that have special abilities like venomous webs or I don't know um there's actually one spider called a spitting spider that's that's I've very interesting that. yeah well, tell, tell us about yeah, they that they actually spit out venomous silk it's really quick they spit them out really quickly and then it just paralyzes the prey on the spot so it's sticky and it's a, bit, a little bit venomous and it kind of paralyzes them on the spot so they can't really get out of the way uh there's also one more spider that uses a very very rare i would not say rare but very unique tactic and it's personally my favorite spider in the world it's called a bola spider so they're all weavers but they don't create those big webs like the golden orb weavers do so what they would do they would actually use one single strand of silk and secrete these like very sticky droplets onto the silk and those actually kind they they produce a scent that mimics the pheromones of moths and what they would do they would line with they will hang them they will hang them like this and then when the moth approaches they will like like the cow like the cowboy leashes they will like latch onto the sticky droplets like the, they latch onto the moth and then they pull them back to eat and it is it is a very, very unique tactic. Uh, there are there are two species of bola spider in Hong Kong, and I would really like to see this behavior in person. Wow, that's and amazing! Think, yeah, that, that that would be like a, if, if 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 I was Spider Man, I would personally like this technique. Like if it's like a, if a building on fire, I could latch onto like like, like a cowboy people. <laughs> like a yeah, cowboy yeah, yeah. Could spider. Latch onto them and take them from the building. Yeah, that would be a very good mobility. <laughs> Amazing. Um, finally, Marco, I mean, what are the best times to see spiders uh, in Hong Kong, you know, in terms of seasons and in terms of times of days? Um, so in terms of like, if you look on throughout the year, I think spiders can be found throughout the year, but there are several different points where I think spider numbers will peak. So it's during the summer. So nowadays I'm going out a bit more during the summer. I've finished my exams and I'm starting to see lots more spiders than I did before. And also, there's this little period during autumn that is around like September to November. This short window actually will let people see, uh, people can see lots and lots of spiders. I think I did a trip last year with a friend, this really short walk in Aberdeen. And we've counted like 
32 species of jumping spider on just wow. one catchwater. Amazing. So it was it was actually it was actually really shocking that day. We were like, wait, what? Uh, it could be temperature. Uh, I don't call it raining, but it was that particular day that really shocked me. And yeah, so 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 September to November, a really unique period to see spiders. But generally, summer or spring would do just fine. Amazing. Well, Marco, I had such a great chat with you this afternoon. Thank you so much for your sharing. It was such a fascinating and fun interview. Um, can you remind our listeners once again, are you on social media? What's your Instagram and Facebook handle? Uh, um, my Facebook would be Marco Chan. Uh, I think if you if you want to, because I think there's a lot of Marco Chan in the world, but if you want to find me, uh, it is, think, I think there's a, my profile picture is me holding a mantis. <laughs> So look for that on my Facebook. <laughs> and on my Instagram, it will be that underscore B underscore guy. Excellent. And that will generally be most of my photos on local wildlife. It's amazing. I really urge our listeners to check out that underscore B underscore guy, and you'll be able to see all of Marco Chan's wonderful photography of some Hong Kong wildlife. Well, Marco, I look forward to inviting you back on the program next time to talk about another insect, perhaps. What's, what are some of your other favorite insects? Bees, I Other suppose. insects. Uh, mantises, I think they're really, really interesting insects and they're, they're really cool. cool. And I also like some beetles as well. And starting to get into butterflies because some of my friends are also into butterflies. So I'm starting to get into that as well. Oh, years ago, I went to Fung Yun. Uh, we're running out of time. But years ago, I remember meeting Colleen uh, from Fung Yun Reserve, uh, Butterfly Reserve. Mm -hmm. And we did, um, I think, butterfly count and also insect counts. And we were given like a small square meter and we had to see how many in maybe it was less than that maybe 50 centimeters by 50 centimeters mm -hmm. and we had to find so many of the different insects in that and there were so many mm -hmm. different types of like creepy crawlies and of course butterflies yeah. as well so yeah a lot of a lot of great Fung Yun is a fantastic area if you want to look into in to look for insects Fung Yun is a pretty good place absolutely well i look forward to inviting you back on next time thank you so much for your time today marco and yeah. speak to you thank soon thank you for inviting me <laughs> bye for now thank you for inviting me Bye.